Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast, your guide to becoming a PA on the way to financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and I am so happy that you are able to join me again this week for today's episode. Before we dive in, I had mentioned on the last episode that there was going to be an upcoming Instagram live where I was going to join another PA to talk about some financial topics for PAs. Well, if you are listening to this episode on the date that it airs, which is Thursday, June 17th, you can find me on Instagram at PA the FI way and join for the Instagram live tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I'm excited to share that this Instagram live will be my very first Instagram live, but I will be joined by Kristen Burton, who is a PA, and she has her own company called Strive with Kristen. We are absolutely looking forward to doing this Instagram live together, and we would like to answer any questions that you have. We are going to be particularly focusing on student loan questions for PAs, but we will also be talking about any type of money or financial questions that you have as a PA or a PA student or a future PA as well. So feel free to send us your question through Instagram, or you can also find me on Facebook in the private Facebook group for PA the FI way. If you've been following along on the podcast or on my website, or on social media, you have noticed that I have remained pretty anonymous throughout this whole process. But obviously with doing an Instagram live, that will come to an end. So I'm looking forward to meeting you and hoping that you're able to join us for that. On today's episode, I would like to discuss social security and particularly how social security plays a role if you do decide to pursue financial independence and are considering the retire early part of FIRE. So let's first give a brief background about Social Security. The generally recognized term Social Security is actually the common term for a program called Old Age Survivors and Disability Insurance Program. So as the name of the program implies, not only is Social Security for those who are retired, as most people think of it as, but it can also provide benefits for those who have become disabled, or sometimes it can provide benefits for survivors, meaning some spouses and some children of workers that have passed away. The focus of today's episode, though, will be referring to Social Security in the traditional sense, meaning the Social Security for those who have retired. 
I'm not going to be touching on social security for disabled people or social security for survivors in this episode. Your eligibility for social security has to do with how much you have worked over time. In order for you to be eligible for any social security, you need to have earned at least 40 credits over your working years, which basically amounts to 10 years of full-time work. Currently, for every $1,470 you earn, you earn one credit up to a maximum of four credits per year. Now, as PAs, we really don't start making much of an income often until after grad school. So you might be thinking, oh man, I've only started earning my credits after I started working as a PA. But that probably isn't true because the jobs that you had before PA school, including those jobs to gain patient care hours and healthcare hours, or any other jobs that were reported income, very likely qualify to earn you some credits as you worked even before PA school. Or if you are one of the very few and ambitious PAs that actually could work during PA school. So once you have earned at least 40 credits, then you will be eligible for Social Security. But the amount of Social Security that you will get has to do with your earnings or income over the next several years. So the amount of Social Security that you get or the Social Security benefit is calculated from the average indexed monthly earnings, or AIME, which takes your highest 35 years that you have earned income throughout your working career and averages them out into a monthly earning. Your average indexed monthly earnings are inflation-adjusted, meaning that throughout the next several years, the dollar amount that you will get will increase with time as inflation increases. So the next topic about Social Security that I would briefly like to review with you is the topic of bend points. So prior to me researching for this episode today, I honestly had never heard about Social Security bend points before. So you can take a look online because these types of things seem to have somewhat complicated calculations and detail about them, so I'm not going to go into the weeds about them. But essentially, bend points are different intervals of income along a graph as part of a calculation that show that the more money that you earn, you will receive more money from Social Security, typically. However, there are certain points that show that your returns actually diminish with your benefit amount. So there are different steps, if you will, that once you reach that amount of income, the amount that you will receive back in the future from Social Security is more, but it's not increasingly more, but more of a curved graph. And the reason for this is because Social Security was implemented to try to help replace more income of those who earn a lower wage than those who earn a higher wage. So essentially, if you earn more, although you receive more dollars of Social Security, the amount of dollars is a lower percentage of your income than those who are lower earners. As you near traditional retirement age, you actually do have somewhat of a choice as to when you start collecting on your Social Security benefits. 
some will choose to collect early on their Social Security at age 62, but there can be a reduced benefit amount if you choose to do so. The full retirement age is 66 for people who are born from between 1943 to 1954, and that age increased gradually for those born between 1955 to 1960 up until the age of 67. So those who are born from the year 1960 or later, which is likely most of my listeners, your full retirement age would be age 67 for Social Security benefits. So if you choose not to start collecting early before age 67 and avoid a penalty or decrease in your monthly benefit, then you can start getting 100% of your Social Security benefit if you wait until your full retirement age of 67. However, if you choose to wait another few years until age 70, you can actually earn more than what you're originally allotted at age 67 with those delayed retirement credits starting at age 70. For each year that you delay collecting on Social Security from age 67 to 70, you will get an 8% increase in your benefit amount, which will turn out to be 24% larger at age 70 than at age 67. So I hope that all of the listeners of this podcast reach financial independence well before their 60s. And if that is the case, and you don't absolutely need the money to survive in your 60s, It's very reasonable to try to delay collecting on your Social Security until age 70 because then you would have more for those checks. However, there may be some cases that collecting early at age 62 or collecting at full retirement age at 67 may be very appropriate for some. The first would be if you absolutely need that money at that point in your life. Or another thought could be if you are unfortunately in poor health at the time. But if you are financially doing well and you are healthy and are hoping for longevity and more years to come, then it might be very reasonable to delay collecting at that point. Now let's discuss whether or not you should even be worrying about Social Security. And the reason why I say that is because some people believe that Social Security won't even be around for them by the time that they reach traditional retirement age. And the reason why is because the Social Security trustees have projected that the funds for Social Security will become depleted in the year 2035. And that is because they think that there are so many retirees, but then there are fewer Americans entering the workforce. Although I mentioned that they project that it will be depleted by the year 2035, They are not thinking that it will be completely wiped out or that there won't be any money for Social Security, but rather that it could potentially drop by about a quarter of what it is currently funded at. So what does this mean? Well, it means that Social Security very likely will still be there by the time that you and I do reach traditional retirement age. It may not be the full amount that current retirees are getting. It may be less but it likely means that something will be there for us. Another reason why Social Security will very likely be around is that both voters and lawmakers, they all 
would like to have social security, at least in some form, at least a large percentage of them. No politician would like to be the one to take away social security. And even if there were one that were to come into office, the time and effort to do so would be a giant hurdle. Now, there may be some upcoming adjustments to Social Security to help with the funding. I certainly can't predict the future, but it is possible that the Social Security tax limit may be raised or the benefits amount might be reduced or the amount that those benefits are increased as they are adjusted for inflation may decrease to help compensate as well or potentially the age that you could start collecting on Social Security may change as well as it has done so in the past. As you can see that there are many areas or adjustments that could be made to the Social Security program that could help keep it around and sustain it longer. So very likely, in traditional retirement age, you will probably have access to some type of Social Security benefit depending on the average amount of your income over your working years. So there you have a brief overview about Social Security that you can consider as a PA pursuing financial independence. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to the episode. And as a reminder, if you are listening to this episode on the day that it launches on Thursday, June 17th, Come on over to Instagram. You can find me at PA the FI way and join the Instagram live that Kristen from Strive with Kristen and I will be hosting to talk about student loans and money topics for PAs. The time will be 8 p.m. Eastern time and 7 p.m. Central time. And I hope to see you all there. Otherwise, I'll see you back next week for the next episode of the PA the FI way podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.